Welcome to the Wilderness Therapy Jobs Podcast. I'm joined with Thor. Thor, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Thor Jones, Adolescent Field Director at Trails Carolina. I've been here since 2015 with a couple of breaks in the middle there. Awesome. So for anyone listening, Thor is the name on the birth certificate. It's not a nickname or an abbreviation of something else. Sure is. My mom said it was a little weird when I was a baby, but uh, I grew <laughs> into it. Nice. So Thor is um, what I would say our resident hard skills expert at Trails. We throw around the terms hard skills, soft skills a little bit. Thor, what are the difference between hard skills and soft skills? I'd say the biggest difference is just the difference between like you do it with your body or you do it with your brain, right? So like emotional skills, communication skills, those all kind of fall on the soft side of things, self-regulation, that sort of thing all is like those soft skills and then hard skills are things you do to get your four basic needs, mm-hmm. fire, water, shelter, food. Right. So we did another podcast with Mary Alice and we talked about some common misconceptions for people that are maybe interested in working in the field or maybe just interested in finding out more about wilderness therapy in general. And one of the things that we get a lot of is that people think that they need to be some survival expert or burly mountain person already have those hard skills that we talk about. And we see people with a broad range of backgrounds. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I can't think of a job that we haven't had somebody from really, (laughs) or like a range of jobs anyway. A prerequisite of the job is not having been on alone, you know? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So whenever we talk about hard skills and wilderness therapy, obviously We'll probably talk a little bit more about what that looks like for us at Trails here in Western North Carolina. It might be different if you're looking out west or up north, but what are like the primary things at Trails that fall under the hard skills category? So our biggest things are fire building, you know, starting out pretty easy with striking onto some char cloth. It's still not the easy way to do it. We're not soaking sawdust and kerosene and mm-hmm. using a lighter, but you know... <laughs> Starting on the easier end of fire building and working up to bow drilling. Those are fire skills. So for someone who may not know, what is bow drilling? Bow drilling is a form of friction fire. So you got a spindle, which is just kind of a a tall, thin stick as straight as possible. And it spins in another piece of wood on the ground. You use a bow with a string on it wrapped around that spindle. And it just spins it as fast as you can until there's enough heat that it breaks down the wood and starts that wood dust into a little coal. So I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole of bow drilling, but what is it like for a student or even a new field staff whenever they are able to essentially create fire out of nothing but sticks? I mean, it's a sense of victory, you know? So it's not an easy thing to do. You hear the like, he can start a fire rubbing two sticks together. And like, (laughs) there's a lot of little tricks to that. It's It's not like you're just rubbing your hand, you know, you got two sticks in your hands and you're rubbing together. It's a little more little more nuanced than, right. uh, than that, but it's a process. It takes time to put your set together and pay attention to detail and get your form right. And then when you finally accomplish that, it's really, it's a victory. Awesome. So again, it's obviously a lot more complicated than rubbing two sticks together. Like you might've seen on like a Looney Tunes cartoon or something, but you mentioned a set. What does that look like? So a bow drill set has four main parts. You got your spindle, which I mentioned earlier, that straight stick. You got a fireboard, which is the piece that lays along the ground, and you'll cut a little notch out of that. And that's what the spindle spins in to create the friction. On top, you have a top rock because unless you got some 
real burly calluses. You're not going to be able to <laughs> spin that spindle in, in your hand. And so you got a rock with a little divot in it uh-huh. to hold the spindle in place. And then you got your bow, which has the string on it to spin that spindle. Nice. And our students or staff issued those materials or where are they getting the pieces to make their set? You got to build it. Yeah. We got some tools in the field, you know, just like a little shaver and a saw. It's about all you need. We also have something to split larger pieces and get them close to form with the genie. You're going to have to shape it up. Yeah. I think as people look more and more into wilderness therapy, they'll they'll see that bow drilling tends to be a, a big piece of the program and, and a lot of different programs. How made it vary being in Western North Carolina versus, say, a program out in Utah? It's harder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just the availability of like the materials that we have here, white pines kind of our best that is abundant in this mm-hmm. area. There's some others that, you know, you can find, but they're a little more difficult to find and identify and we don't want to overuse those sure. for, for our leave no trace practices. And so we kind of stick to white pine out West. They got all kinds of stuff, yucca, sage, mm-hmm. juniper, like softer woods, lighter woods. And there's just a lot more moisture around here as well, which is a disadvantage. Yeah, I know occasionally we'll have a field staff that maybe has worked in a, a program out west, and everyone awes and envies their quote-unquote western set made of those um, drier, yeah. maybe more combustible materials. Yes, yeah, so we, we got off on that tangent a little bit. What else would fall under the hard skills category? So, you know, like I said, your fire, water, shelter, food, there's finding a water run, mm-hmm. filtering that water and making sure it's safe to drink. Cooking, cooking on a fire yeah, can kind of be a trick. You know, you got to figure out how to turn the heat up and turn the heat down and you got to be able to build a fire to be able to cook on a fire. That can be a little tricky and take a little bit of a learning curve, but it's figure outable. Right. As they like to say. And then there's shelter. So there's, you know, setting up tents, setting up tarps, which includes like a few knots that are just built into our program to teach our students and our staff. But it's not, you don't have to know every knot in the book. You don't have to be a sailor to <laughs> to set up a tarp. So. Nice. If someone's listening and curious, what are maybe like four main knots that you you might need to learn heading into working in wilderness therapy? Yeah. So it's a clove hitch, trucker's hitch, a bowland, mm-hmm. and like a square knot will yeah. get you a long way. Sure. Technology's come a long way. You know, we have lighters, we have... Mm-hmm. You know, you can get a, any number of like flint and steel sets off Amazon or anything like that. I think you can buy a bow drill set. Yeah, Amazon I think so. Yeah. I think there's a good bit of intentionality in the program with continuing to teach bow drilling and, and striking the way it's taught. Can you speak a little bit to the intentionality behind some of the use of the hard skills? Yeah. I mean, hard skills being durable, but also they're hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're difficult to learn, you know, and not everybody has them coming out of the gate. We do hard things so yeah. that we know we can do hard things. Sure. If you have never done something before that you are going to depend on for shelter or you are going to depend on to eat and you do that thing, it's incredibly empowering, mm-hmm. you know, and we see that in our students all the time. It's like they go from this place of like, I can't, I can't to like, I can do hard things. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And that comes along, you spoke to it earlier, you know, when you get that first call, it's a victory. So e- mm-hmm. each time you're, you're sort of like doing those things for the first time, or maybe like you spoke to cooking on fire, like, oh, I made this and it tastes good. You know, it's a victory upon victory. It goes from just getting that call to getting that 10 minute fire. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, absolutely. It builds and you end up with this set of skills that 
you go like, I didn't know how to do any of that. I didn't think I could ever do any of that. And I can. So what else can I do? Yeah. Then that leads right to my next question. Do you feel like we see in, in students at trails that or in wilderness therapy programs in general that those skills translate? Absolutely. Or staff. Yeah. You know, right. Students, staff, myself. That's the point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of change within our program mm-hmm. that you build up, you learn a bunch of things, and then all of a sudden everything changes and you got to learn some new things. And you go through that cycle a number of times at trails and that continual transition and change and going through that learning process and having continual yeah. like struggle, success, struggle, yeah. success cycle builds a lot of confidence and teaches you to like the soft skills, yeah. right? Like through that, those hard skills processes, it teaches the like emotional regulation mm-hmm. and communication, yeah. teamwork, cooperation, all of those things. The hard skill side is designed to force that growth. So a little bit of a curveball. You mentioned Alone earlier, the show Alone. Yep. We also see like in our students, a huge draw to technology and social media, which I think is society in general these days. Why do you think people are so drawn to a show like that? So I can't remember who said it, but somebody told me a long time ago that wilderness is like a mirror, makes you self-examine. The consequences of your actions are immediately apparent. Mm -hmm. And in this day and age, like you said, social media, all that stuff, people are looking for external motivation all the time, right? External like validation, gratification, like constantly looking for that. And so when we see somebody who is alone mm-hmm. and the only person who is responsible for their well-being is them. Yeah. It's fascinating in a world where that does not exist yeah. very often. <laughs> and so it comes down to like when you depend only upon yourself to get your needs met, you have to look at your own actions in a new light. Yeah. And I mentioned needs there. You yeah. Know, like I mentioned needs earlier, You're right. like food, water, fire, shelter yeah. out here. Those are your needs. Absolutely. You don't need much else. Right. You know, of course we have our, our, like our other, our social emotional needs yeah. like, are absolutely valid as well. But like when you really break it down, like once you have those basics met, your physiological needs met, the rest of it starts to fall into place. Sure. And we see that with our students. Yeah. So potential field staff, you know, they may, like we've talked about before, they may not have a lot of these skills on the front end. How do we prepare individuals to be successful in the field and later go on to be stars on the hit show alone? We did have one staff who was on alone. That's right. Yeah. 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 I don't think anybody's come from trail staff to alone yet, but you know, they got the skills though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some of them, some of them, there's a few that they'll need to develop. We don't do traps. Right. Um, there are a lot of wilderness programs out there that do traps, but you know, starting out like being open to the idea of sleeping outside. Uh-huh. And I say sleeping, like actually sleeping, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Getting those systems dialed is kind of number one because sleep is super important. Our program is built to support the development of hard skills, right? Mm-hmm. And teach you in the process. The students who have been around for a while can teach brand new staff and do on a regular basis. And that's really a good way to build connection between our students and our staff and to spread knowledge and teach that. It's built into our program to develop yeah. those skills. Yeah. So we start with being able to sleep outdoors on the ground. 
Where does the trajectory go from there? As far as hard skills goes, kind of your first steps are you got knots and building fire. Mm-hmm. Most of building fire is really collecting the materials and having them on hand and ready to go. We call that an FDFK, full dry fire kit. Yeah. So that's kind of your first things is learning a few knots, slowly coming into learning knots and how to use those, building your FDFK, then starting a fire. And then beyond that, you're going to probably learn the cooking and bow drilling kind of parallel once you've mastered those entry level ones. I think a lot of people will gravitate towards bow drilling, like wanting to be able to do that. How long do you think it typically takes someone to be able to build a quality set and get that first coal? The line I always kind of use is if you take two hours to build your set, you can probably get a coal in 10 minutes. And if you take 10 minutes to build your set, you get <laughs> bow drill for two hours and not get a coal. Right. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take long once you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? But it's the process of learning what you're doing, um, yeah. learning what the little pieces are to put together. So like actual physical act of building the set that you're going to bust on the first time, about two hours. But the process of learning what those little things are, a couple weeks, a few mm-hmm. weeks, a few weeks in the field, and you can probably get there if you really have your heart set on it. Nice. We've kind of talked about it a little bit. Again, for let's say someone doesn't have any experience, extended trips, backpacking or something like that. What are some qualities that someone might need to have that will help them kind of hit the ground running? Resilience, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Yeah. And just a willingness to accept mistakes as mistakes and learn. Sure. Right. Nobody's going to go out there and crush it the first time and like know everything and be the best at it. I am constantly learning. That's kind of, it's kind of that like explorer's mindset, that scientific mindset that has actually taught me a lot more skills than any person has, right? It's just like, huh, I wonder what happens if I do this. (laughs) I wonder what happens if I do this. And being like, well, that didn't work. Let's, Let's try this, you know, and just being able to like, accept those like little failures sure. for what they are as learning opportunities. And that is largely what this whole job is about. It's a learning opportunity to gain lifelong skills. Yeah. The benefit of working in wilderness does not end with helping the kids. Yeah, You are doing that. That is worthwhile. And sure. you're helping yourself. You're developing people skills almost more prominently than than the hard skills like yeah sure you get to learn to camp outside but you also learn a whole lot of other things that will apply to the rest of your life and i had former field staff call me just last week and basically said that like i have learned so many things and i am constantly telling stories about wilderness Uh and about what i learned in that setting about myself and about how to build intentional relationships that meant a lot to me yeah Cool. Well, if you're if you found us on wildernesstherapyjobs.com, you're already somewhat interested. But if you're even more interested in coming and, and learning and growing with us, continue to check out wildernesstherapyjobs.com. Click the link and we'll be in touch soon. 